What's up, everybody? I'm Chris Rose, and welcome back to another episode of New York Undercover Rewind, the podcast that discusses all things related to the television series New York Undercover. And as always, thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe, like, rate, and review us. And feel free to send me an email with your thoughts on the podcast to New York Undercover Rewind at gmail.com. Episode three of season one is entitled Sins of the Father and premiered on September 22nd, 1994. That date is significant for a number of reasons for another network, NBC. On this date, and airing directly against New York Undercover at 9 p.m. Eastern, was the sixth season premiere of Seinfeld, which would end the 94-95 season as the number one program on television. Well, you know the rest. Yada, yada, yada. Following Seinfeld at 9.30 p.m. was the series premiere of that sitcom about, you know, 20-something singles living in New York City. <laughs> no, no, not talking about living single. That series was already airing as direct lead into New York and the Comfort Fox. I'm referring to Friends, starring Courtney Cox, Jennifer Aniston, and the late Matthew Perry, among others. This show would anchor NBC's must-see TV Thursday night schedule for the next decade. And yet there was more. ER, starring George Clooney and Anthony Edwards, had premiered three days prior and would inhabit the Thursday at 10 p.m. slot beginning on September 22nd and would air there for the next 15 years, winning critical acclaim and a host of Emmys along the way. Now, back to New York Undercover's Sins of the Father episode. The TV description, courtesy of TVMaze.com, reads... Torres and Williams investigate an ice cream vendor's murder, whose drug dealings end up in G's school, end quote. The episode is directed by Arthur Fournay and written by Kevin Arcady. The cold open is set to the sounds of black sheep's The Choice is Yours, This or oh, That, This or oh, That. The song was released in October 1991 as the second single from the hip-hop duo's debut album, A Wolf in Sheep's Clothing. Now, the group would break up shortly after the release of their second album in 1994. The episode's called Open features a montage of an ice cream vendor who travels around the city and uses his ice cream truck as a front to sell drugs. He is followed by a black Mercedes Benz and gets into an argument with the man from the Benz who is dressed in a suit and sunglasses. The man delivers a fatal blow to the chest of the vendor who collapses to the ground. The suit-clad man walks away, and across the street at a playground, we see a child who has witnessed the incident. Cut to black. And here's a fun fact. This is the first episode in the series in which we see a murder committed in the cold open. Act 1 finds Williams and Torres on the scene and interviewing witnesses, including the child witness. We also meet Wong, the Asian medical examiner, for the first time. We learn that the victim... Joe Hicks died of a broken rib that may have punctured his heart. The next scene finds JC's son, G, studying and playing video games at the home of his affluent Woodbridge classmate, Simon. Simon shows G a bag of weed that he says he is holding for a senior at the school. Back at the station house, we learn from Detective Ching that the dead victim has a record and hollowed someone named Abel Gantz. Torres and Williams pay a visit to Eddie's informant Slick Rick, who is now masquerading as a psychic reader. 
they tell him to find out where Abel Gantz is for them. Back at Williams' apartment, JC and G are finishing up dinner. And JC, for some reason, has his shirt open while he's cleaning up. Yes, this was a way to appeal to the female viewers watching the show. Anyway, G tells his dad that he thinks Simon is doing something very stupid and doesn't want to rat out his friend. He tells JC about the weed and JC demands to know Simon's parents' number. Upsetting G who says, I never should have told you. JC meets with Simon's parents and tells them about the weed. When the parents ask Simon about it, he claims it belongs to G. Mom forces Simon to tell the truth, but he clams up. JC says he will investigate what is going on at Woodbridge. Back at the station, Torres receives a visit from another medical examiner, Laura, who corroborates what Wong told Torres earlier about the broken rib, and that whomever killed Hicks likely has a black belt in martial arts. Throughout this conversation, Laura and Torres are shamelessly flirting with one another. Fun fact, Laura is played by actress Linda Powell, an accomplished stage and screen actress. She is also the daughter of Colin Powell, the former chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff and the first black United States Secretary of State. Williams arrives and shows Eddie the weed and asks for his help in tracing it. Cooper stops by their desk and asks where the weed came from. Williams says it came from a fourth grader at G school and he wants to follow up on it. She tells him to send it to the lab and focus on the murder investigation. This pisses Williams off and he kind of gives her a stink face. Slick Rick calls with an address from Abel Gantz. The detectives arrive at Gantz's apartment and are met by gunfire through the apartment door. Williams runs after Gantz, who escapes through the fire escape. Meanwhile, Torres sees a donation card on the table with his priest brother's church address on it and slips it into his pocket, unbeknownst to Williams. Williams returns with Gantz's dropped weed, and Torres notes that the weed smells just like the weed from Woodbridge. Quote, We got a problem, brother man. End quote. Fade to black. Act 2 finds the detectives back at the station house discussing the case with Cooper and Williams, noting there is a connection between the murder and the weed at school and wants to go into the school, which Cooper refuses. He and Cooper have another terse conversation and J.C. storms out of her office. Torres encourages J.C. to go to the school, disobeying a direct order. While he checks for Abel at a park uptown. In reality, Eddie goes to visit his priest brother Jimmy and gets more info about Abel Gantz. Eddie learns from Jimmy that Abel was hanging out with a rich kid from Burma. At Woodbridge, Williams meets with the headmaster of the school, played by Jack Gilpin. Williams asks for permission for he and Torres to work undercover for a day or two at the school to observe any drug dealing that might be taking place. With R&B group The OJs performing in the background at Natalie's, Torres learns from the ME, Laura, that the martial arts performed on the victim is indigenous to Burma. Ding, 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 ding. We got a connection here, guys. Williams arrives and asks Eddie if he learned anything about Abel Gantz. Eddie lies and says he checked the park and found nothing. In the following scene, the detectives work undercover at the school and observe one high school kid passing weed to another. One of those kids an Asian kid, 
also gets into a tiff with Abel Gantz, who is carrying a gun. The detectives arrest Gantz in front of Woodbridge and its headmaster. Fade to black. Before we continue with the recap, it's time for a trivia question. In last week's episode, School Ties, LL Cool J's Around the Way Girl played over the cold open. That song was the third single on what 1990 album released by LL? The answer coming at you at the end of this episode. Act 3 starts in the interrogation room with the detectives talking to Abel Gantz. They are interrupted by Lieutenant Cooper who demands to see Torres and Williams in her office. She angrily tells them that they disobeyed a direct order by going to Woodbridge. And if it ever happens again, she will have them back in uniforms and in the project so quick their heads will spin. Ouch. This is the first of many times we see Lieutenant Cooper displaying her toughness with the detectives and making it crystal clear that she is the boss and in charge. Williams and Torres return to Woodbridge and learn from the headmaster that the Asian kid who got into a tiff with Abel Gantz is from Burma and is named Norton Lee and that his father imports products from that country. Chantal, played by Fatima Fallouillet, confronts JC at Woodbridge and lets him know that G has been getting heat from his classmates for telling JC about the weed. The kids think he is a snitch and she tells JC he needs to talk to G. The detectives learned that Norton's father, Matthew Lee, is a former member of the Mong Thai Rebel Army in Burma and is a major importer of drugs. The next scene is set to the sounds of Mad Lions, Take It Easy, as Torres and Williams trail Norton throughout the city into a payphone in Chinatown. Easy was released in 1994 as one of the singles on the reggae and dancehall artists' debut album, Real Team. Madeline would also win Source Awards in 94 and 95 for Reggae Artist of the Year and Reggae Hip Hop Artist of the Year, respectively. The detectives head back to the station house and learn that Abel Gans was stabbed to death, indicating that Norton Lee has lots of pull and may have called Rikers from the payphone. A trace on his call confirms it. They arrest Lee at his home. Fade to black. Act 4 opens with Norton Lee in the interrogation room. Norton remains cool and denies knowing Gantz. Eddie receives a call from his brother Jimmy saying he has info about the case and tells JC, who looks at him quizzingly, as if, what's going on here? They visit Jimmy at church where he hands them a written confession from Abel, who wanted it to be given to the police should anything happen to him. JC looks at Eddie with disdain, knowing Eddie has been keeping info from him. In the note, Abel notes he and Joe Hicks were selling weed for Norton Lee and thinks Norton killed Joe. Outside the church, JC confronts Eddie about withholding information in a murder investigation. Eddie says he needs to chill and has nothing else to say. The next scene finds JC and G in the car outside of Woodbridge. G is still being ignored by his friend. Simon, and other kids. After getting some attitude from G, JC reminds him to watch his tone and look at him when he's talking to him. JC tells him, quote, It's better to stand alone and do the right thing than stand with a bunch of knuckleheads. End quote. 
Norton's father, Matthew Lee, the detectives think he matches the description of the suspect. Norton and Matthew decide to spill their guts to each other in the interrogation room. Like, who does that? Turns out Norton was stealing weed from his dad in order to be cool with the kids at school. But Matthew thought Joe and Ava were stealing from him, so he taught Joe a lesson. Torres and Williams learned from one of the high school weed buyers that a lot of the weed came in from the docks. The detectives head to Brooklyn and confiscate one of Matthew Lee's shipments. Detectives Chang and Old School, now played by Jim Moody, try to stop Matthew Lee at home. But he does a few martial arts moves on the both of them and knocks them out. Williams and Torres arrive on the scene and give chase down the street with their guns drawn. We see this featured in the opening credits. They stop Matthew Lee in front of a park, tell him to think about his son, and arrest him. He admits to everything and claims his son didn't do anything, but the son will do time anyway. Final scene finds JC picking G up at school. And G notes that even though a few kids have now spoken to him, his friend Simon still has not. JC notes that Simon doesn't realize G was watching his back. But now that G needs him, he is not watching G's back. This makes G realize that Simon is not really his friend. JC tells G that he has a lot of character and that he is proud of him. Aww. Fade to black. End of episode. Overall, I give this episode a B plus. I always enjoy the father-son moments between JC and G and the valuable life lessons that are instilled. The crime of the week was solid, but the fact that the weed at G's school just so happens to be connected to the murder investigation is a little bit too convenient. Now, before we go, let's go back to the trivia question. Around the Way Girl was the third single on what 1990 album released by LL Cool J? The answer is Mama Said Knock You Out. Now, Around the Way Girl was LL's first top 10 single and peaked at number 9 on the Billboard Hot 100 list. Folks, that's our time for this episode. I'm Chris Rose. Thank you for listening. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe, like, rate, and review us. And send me an email with your thoughts to New York Undercover Rewind at gmail.com. Pot out. Okay. 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 Okay.